Welcome back to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. We are recording today from Healing Interactive Massage Therapy. They specialize in lymphatic therapy and cupping massage. It is honestly like the most relaxing thing you'll ever do. It's great. Um, You can visit their website at healinginteractive.com for more information, but believe me when I say it's like legit the best thing ever. Um, They've been gracious enough to let us record in their office space on their off days. Um, So yeah, give a big shout out and a thanks to them for allowing us the space to do this podcast. On with the show. Hey, I'm Drew. Welcome to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. This is where we drink coffee and discuss our favorite movies. Each week, one of my friends and I will talk about a different movie. So brew your favorite coffee, relax, and let's get started. Welcome back to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. I'm here with my friend Jonathan today. Hello. Uh, And we're going to talk about the brand new movie, Soul. Um, but while we're doing that, we are drinking some amazing Coast coffee. Mm. Is this the first time you've had? You know, I think probably, especially in this context, like in a, with a pour over and yeah. black, I loved it. I'm a big fan of, so it's an Ethiopian blend, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love African coffees in general because they're that kind of fruity, floral. Yeah. It's just a nice thing, especially when I'm so used to most Western American coffee that we have is very Central American because it's honestly just cheaper to get and faster mm-hmm. like even like Folgers is that kind of that's where it comes from right so it's very sit like citrusy and kind of chocolatey that's so it's nice to get out of that normal palette and try something different yeah Ethiopian is one of my favorites I I tend to drink Ethiopian more than anything else mm-hmm. um almost without even trying it just always ends up being like the coffee that I yeah end up with um uh, but we are drinking some great coast coffee I made it fresh from a pour over uh, if you want some, you can go to coastcoffeeroasters.me and uh, pick out whatever products you want, go to checkout, and you can enter Movies and Mocha's 20 and get 20% off your uh, first order of Coast products. They have, you can buy a 12-ounce bag of beans, you can buy cold brew, um, coffee soda shots, and he might still even have a mat, like he even has masks with the Coast logo. Um, so head on over to coastcoffeeroasters.me, Movies and Mocha's 20 for 20% off. And mask up, everybody. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Soul. It yeah. came out Christmas 2020. Pete Doctor directed it and Kent Powers co-directed it. Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton were some of the people who starred in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I just watched it this morning. It was the first time I saw it. Man, yeah. It's so good. I started it Christmas night. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't finish it that night. Mm-hmm. I got like about 20, 30 minutes into it, and then I actually stopped it because I realized I need to watch this with other people. Oh, really? Like, because I'm like, I'm watching it by myself. I'm, I'm in, I was in Alabama. Mm-hmm. It was with my girlfriend, Hope, who's been on the show before. She um, has. Yeah. And, um, one of the first. Yeah, she was one of the first? Second episode. Oh, really? She did Onward. Uh, she did Onward and Black Panther, right? And Endgame. And, but and Onward was the second episode, and it was actually a lot of the same crew who did Soul. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so how funny is On- it that Onward made me just... I cried. The first time I saw Ooh, it... Ooh, heavily. I, I, mine wasn't heavily, but it was a, it was a constant flow. Yeah. Uh, just like silent tears running down my face for, for like half the movie. Well, I mean, again, this is talk... I mean, I'm, I'm a heavily emotional person. 
I try not to bottle things up, but sometimes things just kind of cut. It's like a pool. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes things go spout and it's like a little, yeah. but then other times somebody just takes Yanks a knife it and <laughs> it'll happen. Yeah. Um, but we're not talking about onward. No, no. <laughs> uh, we're doing, yeah, we're doing soul. Yeah. Um, I, I was trying to write an email while mm. watching it. I'm like, I need I'll start the movie. I'll get this email done and then I'll focus on it. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish the email until the end of the movie. Cause I kept like, I kept getting pulled in. Yeah. It's so, so good. It really is good. Yeah. It just was shocking. And there's so many little details with like, you can tell they're very specific choices, mm-hmm. but you'd have to look for a second to really realize how specific the choices are. Yeah. Um, I also realized I said it was the same crew that did Onward. I'm wrong. It's the same crew who did Inside Out. Yes. But Hope and I talked about Onward. Yes. Just yeah. fact checking myself. There. Inside Out, again, was, I'm not going to go deep into it that one is probably my favorite Pixar movie of all time it got me I've and the reason for me it got me is because I've been there like I've been like Riley that whole story for Riley is totally my story growing up Mm -hmm. because there's that like blunt force trauma of when you realize oh wow life doesn't just happen to me I have like I have an effect on my world and also wow it's not all fun yeah and which sucks at the very beginning, but then you kind of adjust to life. And but, so I was really happy when I saw what the direction they were going in for Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, just a bit more existential, a bit more open ended. Yeah, it's a very different movie for a Pixar movie. So I had yeah. very, I didn't have as many laugh out loud moments. There's really not. There's practically f- none. No, it's it can be very funny, but like I'm thinking a whole lot more. Yeah, that movie and like not and I wasn't even so much like weeping or crying crying I just was so pulled in Mm -hmm. and you really think about like a life well lived and do you think it affected you more like we're both into music do you think it hit more directly being in music than someone who just enjoys it I don't know Um, because I know because again it's I I think it hit me harder because I have tried so hard to get in to get the gigs to get into the music industry. Now, granted, mine's not as a performer like uh, Joe's is, but it's like it's still the like this one's gonna be the one. This one's gonna be the one. This is this is the opportunity. And then and seeing the yeah. moment where he's looking back on all of his like life moments and everyone's turning him away, mm-hmm. like that hit me because. I've had so many more no's than yeses. Yeah. And I, I, and you don't think about it until you're looking back. The rela- Now the, I will say this, the one thing I really did really click with, not just in a musical sense, but just in a general living sense, um, was when, and again, I don't know how, how this is very much all spoiler crazy stuff, obviously. But yeah. Like, so I think it's kind of a given. So spoilers <laughs> about this. This is a brand new movie. If you're just now finding this podcast, we talk about everything uh, in the movie. Um, So if you haven't seen Soul, go watch it first before you watch, before you listen to this episode, because we're not, yeah, it is going to, we're talking about all of it. Yeah. So there we go. Now we're back. (laughs) But um, I think for me, the moment that really, really hit me was, it's a, it's a sobering thing. Uh-huh. It's a little disappointing, but at the same time, it's a very freeing thing 
because you have so when she's telling the story when Dorothea Williams when after the, after yeah. he has the concert it's the moment oh. he's been dreaming about his whole life this is like he's boiled his life purpose down to this moment um, which what's is what's next yeah exactly because we we as humans and I, I do have to pull this back to a bit of a spiritual thing we are eternal beings at our core yeah. we're meant for eternity we're meant for forever so like God we can see things we can see a moment as an eternity it's like we see that and we span it all out, but it's all within this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, our entire lives feel so short. Yeah. Because that's the great paradox of time um, is looking back, it feels short, but looking forward, it's like, that's a forever thing. Um, and that's not just with dreams and visions. That's like the things we build up, like we build a wedding to be a forever thing, but that's literally a moment. That's not the marriage. That's yeah, the, and it's then, one day. And then even the, the intimate connection of a, of a husband and a wife yeah. we build it up to be this magnanimous huge ah thing but it is just a moment mm-hmm. and there is a beauty in that that things end but at the same time like because they're not perfect that's why there's the beauty because they end right but i think for me it was that moment of you are in it you're in the moment your life this is what you're meant for is for life you're not if you if your entire purpose was to do one thing then you're no more than you're not any, anything more than a robot or a tool mm-hmm. um and so like you were saying when we were having kind of our preliminary chat before um we rolled live uh, talking about I feel like you have multiple purposes like i would even say your purpose is to live your purpose is to and then again yeah. from a christian perspective like being like your purpose is well what's that verse in first thessalonians the rejoice always pray continuously mm-hmm. i'm yeah. such a bad christian i don't know the rest of it horrible I know. Oh, dear how dare i i'm, well, I'm here, even fasting hey, well, and i don't know well, <laughs> wow well i'm i'm a i'm a pastor's son and i can't even pull it up anyways My, i was gonna get it tattooed at one point i i can i can quote concepts i can quote i can quote some passages and the ideas of them i can't pinpoint them for you yeah um that it's I like four twelve. First Thessalonians four twelve, I think. You think so? It's either first or second, but I know it's four twelve. Hold on. I have to The podcast is now is Drew, a good Christian. That's my drum roll. It's terrible. Uh it's coming. Nope. <laughs> nope, it's not. It's not first. <laughs> is it second? Well second only has three chapters. Oh dang. So I'm not correct. Are you reading from you're reading from the Apocrypha? All the added, all the, all the, uh, the add-on stuff, the the indie Bible verses. Hit me some of that Second Maccabees crew. Where are you at? <laughs> well, you know, now I'm just very confused, so I'm gonna go to Google. Well, I know, I know what you're referring to. I though. know, but now I need to prove a point. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the point is just to myself. Well, and while you're looking First Thessalonians five sixteen. Dang. I was so close. Verse and four chap oh sorry, four verses, one chapter. You're so close. Yeah. Okay. To quote Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec, well close only counts in horse grenades. <laughs> I even have it highlighted. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my god, I love it. Yeah, rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. 
Yeah. And like and like his, if you want to get super spiritual, that is everyone's life purpose. Yeah, everyone's life purpose is to is to live and to draw close to like the creator. Yeah. To to like to the all. To 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 God. Yeah. And that's what it really is. God's per and like, I used to literally think like we're saved so we can lead other people to Christ. It's like, no. He cares about you as an individual. He wants relationship with you. When you have relationship, it naturally leads to other people are attracted to that. Mm-hmm. It's the fruit that brings people. It's not just you going around and telling everybody. Right. Do, we, there are some who are called to that. We are all called to be, like, we are the salt and light of the earth. It's not, he's not saying be the salt, be the light. It's like, you are. Yeah. I, you will be. When you are close to me, you will do, you will do, you will not do. Like everything we do or don't is an overflow. But again, kind of back to I'm, I'm totally getting way off about the purpose and stuff. But I don't even remember the main point we were talking about uh, to get to this that show. The, we spend our whole life building up to this one moment. Yeah. And he asks, "What's next?" And yeah. her response is, "Show up, do it all again tomorrow." Yeah, exactly. Like you're you're in you're in the purpose, and yeah. she tells a story about the fish, the younger the, fish to the older fish, and I want to see the ocean. Well, you're in the ocean. Like, no, this no, is water. this is water. I want the ocean. <laughs> man is that such a that, oh. which is sobering especially like as somebody who again again specifically wanting <laughs> this moment of living for that those moments of performing and and the expression and all of that and realizing oh wow of getting the gig yeah of getting the gig or that oh this one thing you build your life to yeah like there is kind of that there's a, there's a sobering thing of life's beyond life is more than that moment which is a little disappointing because then that moment isn't quite what you've built it up to be so then you're disappointed by the moment but then there's that maturity of realizing oh wow life is much bigger and it can be better mm-hmm. i'm looking at the wrong thing i'm looking at yeah. i'm looking through this like keyhole at what i think my life is going to be or should be and living in the moment yeah. is such a big lesson. Yeah. And I think they hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. Like, sh- like, just in how they showed it all, you know, the and especially, like, the flashbacks for him. Oh, yeah. You know, when he goes home after that moment, after the show, he's, the whole movie has been him trying to get back into his body to do this. Mm-hmm. And he sits there, and he's playing the piano, and he and you just see all these snapshots of his life of him playing the piano of him playing with his dad as his dad's older being at the beach feeling the water like you yeah like feeling the sun like you and and it was so crazy because it was like i'm watching it or like when he like eats that piece of pie by himself but like he he takes a bite and it's just like yes or like um everybody amen <laughs> but it's like but it's so yeah. but what really stuck out to me is he's sitting there by himself yeah. Every, like, and you see a little bit coming up, but it's like people are talking with each other, and he's just in the booth by himself. Yeah. And it, I think that that little, I, that one hit me a lot. That one hit mm-hmm. me pretty big when he's just eating the pie, because you know when when they're going when him and twenty two are going through the the hall of you or whatever, and all you see are all of these moments where he's just by himself, and he specifically says, "I don't remember it like that." Yeah. And then you go back to where he's thinking of these snapshots and from his point of view, yeah, he's by himself, but he's enjoying it. Yeah. And he's in the moment. And yeah. so, um, but like, even like the sa- feet in the sand with the ocean, like I felt that cause like, mm-hmm. 
you know, when, when the sun's coming and you feel like the breeze and the leaves falling down, like there was so much of it, like I'm just watching it, but it's like making me think of those moments in my own life. I love when he's on the bike ride and just all of these moments. So I loved the whole concept of the zone and also, and being so intertwined with the, the lost souls thing, because everybody has been there. And again, passion turns to obsession. obsession, obsession, or even just this idea of even beyond that, where you, I mean, everybody has disassociated mm-hmm. in a job that they hate. Like I, I would work at Starbucks and I'd get to the end of the day and like, I've been interacting, talk with people all day. I don't remember a single thing. Yeah. They all blend together because my, my heart's not there. My passion's not there. I'm not living. And again, under, I understand part of that is that's unfortunately the reality we live in. We have to kind of deal with those kind of yeah. things. To ignore that is to kind of put yourself in jeopardy. So it's up to you whether or not you want to engage and just live, live. It's going to be harder. (laughs) But all that to say, again, it's interesting how his, the whole concept is he's trying to get back in his body without really realizing he was never, he was not living in his body anyways from the beginning. Um, because he was so in his head because we, again, that's another thing we were chatting about before. It's like about really being in the moment, um, and practicing mindfulness mm-hmm. and self-awareness. I struggle with that a lot of just like, I tend to live in my head and I just create worlds in my head. Yeah. And for me, it's like. It's a bit of a coping mechanism sometimes. Yes. But it's also like, I can, I can just pass mm-hmm. through the day and, and be almost like a zombie but i'm having like the best time in these worlds that i've created in my head oh yeah and yeah but and so to that extent like you're still not living in the moment no you're not and sometimes the moment's not fun sometimes the but at the same time though what do you remember of your life is when you're sometimes you remember the moments you're jolted into the moment yeah like moments of extreme like falling down a manhole (laughs) yeah falling down a manhole yeah but just like moments when you're jolted into reality like sometimes it's the death of a loved one yeah or shocking reality those are the things you remember but getting laid off getting laid off but uh i just i just but those moments but there's a really cool thing and again i don't want to spend crazy long on this um if you take your there's like a mindfulness exercise i learned about um like if you like take your hands basically mm-hmm. and just put one like focus and focus on your like your pointer uh-huh and like at the tip of your finger and try and feel the space inside your finger and feel that basically inside just, mm-hmm, focus on feeling the inside if that makes any sense just focus on thinking about that just really really thinking feeling that space and once you start to feel it you move it through the rest of your hand and you just you really take your time and really imagine and feel that you work that through the rest of your body. And once you kind of, it's, it, it's somewhat of a, like, um, without getting crazy into stuff, it's somewhat of like a meditation technique. But again, it's not about meditating spiritual stuff, but it's about being really aware. So maintaining that feeling. See, I've, I've, I've used the, this one's more of like a grounding technique. Yeah. This is sort of of, grounding too, but yeah. Um, you start, with your toes and you catalog 
and feel every part of your body which is very much the same so idea. it's like yeah. relaxing your toes relaxing yes. your whole foot yes. relaxing your ankles like um and then like you you know you work your way up like relax your legs like let your shoulders drop like feel your arm like and yeah oh man so yeah. that's what i've done that's what i've used yeah because yeah we i think we forget how tactile and physical life really is especially like, this year yeah yeah, yeah. Well, touch so, starvation is the worst thing it it really is hard it's, babies die from it yeah like that doesn't go like that doesn't go away from us like as no. we get older we just are able to survive it longer yeah and then we contextualize that feeling or we context we try and explain away oh i don't need this i don't need that or this or that and then some of us have trauma attached to touch which is unfortunate and sad yeah. so that's a double whammy it's a double-edged sword that's really hard it's why I love getting massages. Oh yeah. Sixty minutes of just uninterrupted physical touch. Oh my god. Yeah, it'll just a, nothing. And even like this is a simple thing, but just like a really, really, really good ind- indulgent hug. Yeah. Like purposefully being like, look, I'm gonna hug you. We're gonna yeah. hug for, we're gonna hug for two minutes. Just my oh man, my uh, like basically mentor. Mm-hmm. We've. Like, we've had long talks about, you know, we, we get deep with stuff. Yeah. But it's gotten to where we now, like, we will intentionally hug for no less than a minute when we see each other. I love that. Like, oh, and it's just so, oh, man. The, I think the first time we did it, we both, like, cried. Oh, man. <laughs> and we live in a world that every, like, physical touch, especially between adults, has been so sexualized. Because, yeah. because sex has become uh, has become commercialized. Yeah. And because everything's sold to you through that. And because that's your, one of your... I mean, again, I'm not going to get all Freudian. But Sometimes like, I don't even like talking about, I, I don't even like saying like, oh, my love language is physical touch. Because even cause that. you feel weird saying you it. You feel, yeah, you feel weird. Of like, yeah. I like I love when people touch me. But yeah. that sentence, I hate saying it. I know. And that's so unfortunate. And it's yeah. and there's even sillier examples like I, like as a guy. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's, I love, diff- it's more different. It's even it's even weirder for a guy to say it. Well, like there's things that I love. Like I, I love candles. I mm-hmm. love, I love scented things. I love soft things. Yeah. Um, but I, none of that has been masculinized. It's all been feminized. No. So it's. But I, but at the same time though, I grew up like a very like my mom, very feminine lady, and my dad's a very confident guy. But at the same time, I I've always related closer to my mother, mm-hmm. and so just in terms we're very similar people and like I, there's things i value like i value candles and things smelling nice and pl- feeling nice um so like if you were to come to my house like it could if in my perfect world it would could just as easily be like like oh does a woman live here yeah because <laughs> it makes me feel at home i feel at yeah. home in a, a in a home not in a utilitarian a frat house yeah no i want things to feel nice and look nice even if it's just for me right coming up but I don't even know how we got, but but, but touch know. and being in your body and stuff like that. But oh yeah, back yeah, to soul. So back to soul. <laughs> You're not the first person we've gone on rabbit trails with. I promise. No, I, I would imagine not. It always. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's. I, I don't even know. There's just so much about this. It's so heavy. Mm-hmm. Like it just all makes you think. It like really does. what? Like um, when they're in the barber shop. Yeah. And like they're and they're walking out, yeah. You know, and they're all like, and and the dude's like, "Hey, it was great to talk to you about something other than jazz." You never asked about, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like realizing, like, oh man, 
like you're not the protagonist yeah and and even that and like i feel like that's another level of living in the moment of you know what take jazz out what can you can substitute anything into that Mm -hmm. you know what is it that you're so thing and Mm -hmm. um and yeah it just really makes you think you know like the the moment like with his mom you know and it's almost like and it's weird like because he's watching all of it from like a third person point of view Mm -hmm. yeah and so i think like it was just it was so interesting to see like the responses that he was getting when 22 was in his body is a contextualization of his life yeah Yeah, from the people in his life um of just how they were responding versus how he always saw interactions Mm, with those same people i think and again that that is almost serves as a counterpoint to the point we literally just made about being in your body is also there's that value to context yeah and seeing the whole trying to be objective and taking your s- yourself out of the protagonist side of it yeah 100 percent, and that's that's a hard thing to do that's really hard when like we we again western culture and i'm not bashing western or even american culture i love it i'm thankful for it because it's made me part of who i am i can't right. divorce that from myself but at the same time like man i can see the easy pitfalls you fall into where it's really hard to imagine yourself not being the superstar that's what yeah. gives you ambition. That's what gives your life purpose. That's what you see as a conqueror. You Everybody wants to do that. Everyone wants to be the hero. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the, uh, did you see the um, whole thing about like the Disney princess theology? Oh, no. What? No. So <laughs> I didn't look super into it. Yeah. But it's a very Western culture thing. Um, uh-huh. Instead of me trying to explain it i'm just going to pull it up so it's here we go um so it's this quote from like an article or something white christianity suffers from a bad case of disney princess theology as each individual reads scripture they see themselves as the princess in every story they are esther never this is in cursive uh, what <laughs> it, yeah hold on wow they're esther and never what's his face hold on Haman. no it starts with an x xerxes xerxes thank you or Haman. they are peter never judas they are the women anointing jesus never the pharisees they're the jews escaping slavery Martha. never egypt for citizens of the most powerful country in the world who enslaved both native and black people oh my god to see itself as Israel and not Egypt when studying scripture is a perfect example of Disney princess theology. Oh and it means that as people in power, they have no lens for locating themselves rightly in the scripture or society. And it has made them blind and utterly ill-equipped to engage issues of power and injustice. Oh, man. That's wonderful. Oh, man. That reminds me of... Um... So that's the Disney princess theology. And... I think that really shows, like, it. that's a great example of what we're talking about in the whole, like, of, like, Joe observing the interactions of practically himself and people. Yeah, 
man. But it's different because it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a different personality in his body. Yeah. And seeing how almost more positively people react. Well, to the to, to there was no as jaded as twenty two was towards before, humanity well, before and to life, being on Earth. Yeah. When when she got there and all the the senses she was able to experience and all the the humanity, mm-hmm. which really that's that's the existence, I yeah. guess that they're. The the one thing is that it's it treats humanity it puts the human experience in its proper place of that is the existence of a human. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is human. Like the, our spirit is not right. I would say, is beyond our, our spirit is that's the breath of God that's our consciousness it's our it's those it's the electrodes yeah. going through in this bag of protoplasm that that raises us above this the meaning that we have just here, but at the same time. It was really cool how she really there was a lot of naivety. Is it naivete? Yeah, naivete. But like, she was being naive. Yeah, there's a lot more. Yeah, she was more naive and which and just less jaded. Yeah, more optimistic. Um, because she hadn't experienced the pitfalls of life yet. Yeah. So what's interesting? I was thinking when twenty two goes to Earth from that point, she's not going to remember a thing. Right. She's not that 22 that we know there is gone no longer. Right. It's now a person who is going to have to go through the same, if probably a wildly different life. Mm-hmm. Because what's interesting is it actually looks like 22. If you watch in the, when she's falling to earth, she's falling towards like central Asia somewhere. So when it pinged it, um, yeah, earth, she's falling towards central Asia but when her um, badge like became a necklace and it pinged, it almost looked like somewhere in the Middle East, like yeah, so like she's, top of Africa. So she's gonna have a very which which that's sobering as well. She's not gonna have the life Joe Gardner right. had. She's probably going to have a life full of pain, hardships, and yeah. Did you oh. know? Uh, fun fact that there was the ending was supposed to be. Um, he, you know, once he goes back, once he like, once the Jerry's let him go back, um, which we need to talk about the Jerry's and Terry, but, uh, (laughs) but when they go, when, when they send him back, the ending was supposed like after that, there was supposed to be a scene where it shows him going on tour with, um, what's her face? Dorothea Williams. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, but was giving like private lessons on the side. And one of the students would like, this would be like in the future, one of the students was going to be 22 and they recognize each other. But then um, they scrapped that idea to just end it with the whole, um, what are you going to do? I'm going to live every minute of it. Yeah. Because then it like, because then you have a couple ways you can go. He either continues on with his dream. Yep. And he's happy with it because he could be very happy. I think I think he continued his dream either I way. Think, yeah. I think he just starts to live in the moment and appreciate the people around him yes, more. Hundred percent. Instead of just solely focused on jazz music mm-hmm. and getting in. Yeah. Well and well, because it's easy for you to look at because again he's leaving like being a teacher to get the gig. It's easy yeah. to look at like this is the selfish thing. But it's really not. There there it's a job either way. Yeah. And again, he, if he's choosing to live, he might not stay there all the time. He might put, not put his meaning, his life's meaning, into performing. Mm-hmm. But his life's purpose is to live. Yeah. And to help others live, maybe. And that, because that was the thing I realized, like he, 
was helping 22 learn to want to live and to be ready to live. Yeah. And I get, and that's kind of even the, the, and the idea of a spark being different from your purpose. Oh, that's good stuff, man. Oh, Pixar. Ah, what you doing? But, um, last little note, like for me, it's like, um, my kind of philosophy when it comes to just life in general has been about like you, you, you're born, you live, but the whole purpose of life is to pass on life is to replicate yourself is to give like gifts are given to be given away. I feel like, and, um, if you are not bringing people to life around you, if you're not replicating yourself, not making people like you, but bringing people to the same idea of meaning, like that's what life really is about. I mm-hmm. feel like that's that's having literal babies, and also like helping other people become themselves. Yes, and not from a point of I know everything, but it's about bringing people to life. Yeah, I think but that's just, I think that's interesting. Jerry's yeah. and Terry's. Oh man, that's so so funny. That kind of jazz cubism was that was that kind of it's design. A, is that what that is? No, because um, it is a form of cubism. It is. Yes, I don't. It's not. I don't think it's jazz cubism. The reason why I said jazz cubism because when I looked it up, when I looked up the term, it pulls up that exact style that I'm thinking of. Because oh, cubism, cubism is very popular within jazz circles, and the reason why I know that is because um, the first place I remember seeing a lot of that art was in a lot of like. Uh, Cajun um, restaurants and things like that in the South, very jazz heavy and all this stuff. And also Starbucks for a long time was very jazz influenced in their like decor. Well, I know Picasso is the one who uh, was cubism. Yeah. yeah. And so like, and that blends into jazz culture very well. Interesting. I don't know much about jazz culture. Oh. I, so jazz, <laughs> jazz, not necessarily jazz music, but the experience of jazz was ruined for me when I was in junior high because oh, really? of a teacher. So that sucks. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've, you know, I've grown, I've gotten past it, Yeah, but like just the whole experience has almost been like, I'm not as into it. And I think a lot of it stems from that experience. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But it, you know, it's, it's, okay. it's It doesn't matter. <laughs> we don't need to get into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, cubism is an early 20th century avant garde. Come on. Thank you. It's hyph. It's hyph. It's in. It's in two lines. It got hyphenated and cut because of the yeah the um how the pages. That's odd. It's because I have it. I don't have it. <laughs> you know what? You're good. Thank You're good. you. Um, that revolutionized European painting and sculpture and inspired related movements in music, literature, and architecture. Cubism has been considered the most influential art movement for the 20th century. It is broadly used in association with a wide variety of art produced in Paris or near Paris during the 1910s and 1920s. Which that was the height of, that was like the beginning of the jazz boom and pop culture. Okay. Because, you know, it was, it's black improvisational music is really... Right. Like, because, you know, blues, rock and roll, jazz, um, so many things came out of, like, black subculture. Yeah. And, um, but that was around the time when it was popularized by the mainstream. And, because um, everything was jazz. Um, and it actually really reflects even the culture of the time, um, which is interesting. But that really makes sense that those two would have such an influence on each other because cubism is so about seeing multiple perspectives of one thing all at once. So, but, but you have to break reality to see all of the perspectives. So that's kind of what jazz does a little bit because jazz gets in and out of keys and time signatures and plays off of itself and fights itself. Um, 
to be one cohesive image while being incohesive at the same time. Yeah. Which is really, really interesting. And I just think that it's such a warm thing, jazz is in general for me. Mm-hmm. When I when I listen to jazz like Kamasi Washington, um, Miles Davis, John Coltrane. Yeah. A lot of, there's older stuff that's more mainstream, but like again, like if you want to listen to some really excellence, um, there's a song by Kamasi Washington called Truth. Okay. And it is literally just it's nine minutes long. And it's just this this kind of loop that kind of builds off itself and mm-hmm. swells and moves. It's it's truly lovely. It's kind of if you've ever listened to Star Trek, like uh, if you've ever watched Star Trek, it would remind you a little bit of that kind of feeling. Okay. Especially when the choir comes in and there's this big kind of movement that they do. It's lovely. So give that a try. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they went with jazz, though. Yeah, me too. Um, especially considering the original idea was a doctor. Yeah. And he was going to be white. What? <laughs> Joe was going to be a white doctor. And then they switched it to a musician, and he was still white. And then they when they decided on jazz... Uh, Kent Powers, who started as a writer and ended up being one of the co-writers for it, and he did so much that they basically upgraded him to being a co-director. Um, he, and, and a lot of people ended up fighting for it, and then they went with making him African-American um, mm-hmm. and diving in because... So even when they picked jazz, Joe was still going to be like a white musician. Wow. And then, you know, people like Kemp and... Others were like, well, jazz is so tied into the African-American community and yeah. African-American history that you have to make him you, it would African-American. Be, it would be best to. Yes. And we, I'm so glad they did. Like think it, of, yeah. It just, no, I, I can't imagine after seeing it, like I can't. The concept of soul in general as a, as a musical feeling is so tied in with black culture as well. And, oh and, yeah. And, um, and there, without, are, and without, there are, and there are, and there are, some people, I and it you, it's more believable coming. I think coming from an African American in music, I know some like white musicians who they just they just house that soul. Oh, absolutely! No, I, again, it doesn't but, mean that, yeah. But yeah. I think it works so much better because guess, it is so tied into African American. I think the culture. word I'm, I think what I might have been, might have been looking for was it's tied into genres that yeah. have come out of black culture that have influenced because i mean like modern american culture mm-hmm. is heavily influenced by black culture so There's much so, so much which is really interesting and it's such a redemptive thing of the story of like of like of black history where majority of african americans who entered the, the u.s it was slavery yeah and, and it that's on it's an awful period of time but to go from that to now the the voice of pop culture like it's yeah. so influential and it, it's it is so reflective it reminds me of like the hebrew nations and in, in uh like where in slavery and then god has continued to just prosper them yeah. throughout time and it's just really interesting that he he would do that and redeem that's a, just a cool arc to watch but um in spite of hardship and in spite of being given a shorthand, mm-hmm. promised a better hand, but then just kept down by the people who keep making promises. Not going to get all into all that, but... Um, also the fact that the guys from Nine Inch Nails composed Trent Reznor. <laughs> Trent Reznor and Atticus Finch. 
Ross. Atticus Finch is a to no, kill I know a mockingbird character. I know that. I'm sorry. I meant to say I had Ross, but then when I went to punch it in later, it said Finch, and I was like, that doesn't seem right. Okay, everybody. I'm a fake fan. I've been exposed. You can have it all. My empire of dirt. Atticus Finch is a nice I'm so nails. sorry. No, Atticus Ross. I am a moron. How many Atticuses are there in, in listen, life? Listen, listen. <laughs> I didn't know the Thessalonian verse. Me neither. You didn't know that Atticus Finch Atticus was a fictional character. I know. I, do, I did know that. That's the stupid thing. <laughs> you, I said Next it. time you read To Kill a Mockingbird, Atticus Ross. The or synth, Atticus Finch. I thought his name was Atticus Ross. The synth guy. It's off. Off. In the in the scenes you don't read about, he's playing with modular synthesizers. No, but um, man, I I recognize before I even looked up like the credits, I'm listening to the music and I'm thinking, this reminds me of just the way Trent Reznor does soundtracks yeah. and just the way he scores, and it's so ethereal, it's kind of edgy but it's very bright, which it's, they wanted. Oh yeah, it's so different, from especially anything. for the great before, which oh, is. Yeah what they primarily composed the music for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was that bright, ethereal. The, my, my favorite music moment, there's two of them, the stick with me in terms of their sections of the music, yep. um, was when he's falling from the great beyond. Oh, I love it. It Andrew the Great Before. Both both the animation, the visuals, and the audio. Oh, it's stellar. Oh, it's so good. Like realities are all combining, imploding Man. upon itself. But then he falls into the great before when he's trying to jump to Earth. Yeah. That kind of that really synthy, chorusy, pop feeling. Yeah. Oh, it's all bright, and then it stops. Same thing comes back in when he tries to jump again. It's such a cool musical cue for like the hope and excitement, and then oh, nothing. Yep. But we still got hope. Let's do it again. It's just there's so many cool musical cues, and um, again, I'm I, I've. I've only recently become a bigger fan of Trent Reznor and in his even the work with Nine Inch Nails. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation, but he's stellar. And then mm-hmm. Atticus Ross, <laughs> they're wonderful. Um, we never finished talking about the Jerry's and Terry. We never, we, did, I, we really didn't even start. We didn't. We oh, got man. lost in cubism. We did. Um, it's so funny. They're hella, yeah. They're I so, f- now I are, think that's where a lot of the comedy comes. Also, why is Terry different than Jerry? That's what I wanted to know too. I, I, I've wondered that. But at the same time, they're like, are we but led? But it fits. It does. He's, but yeah, because he's so different. Yeah. Or she's so different. She, it yeah, actually is a she. I didn't realize. I thought the little Technically, circle. they're non-gendered. True, but she, But Terry's voiced by a girl. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, and it's supposed to be a bun. Yeah, like an old, older lady accountant yeah. kind of thing. I Which thought was, it was just a short little guy. I thought it was an ear. I thought it was a guy, too. Yeah. And even the voice is kind of guyish, kind of like joke. Like I mean, but I don't judge that because Bart no. Simpson's voiced by a, like a middle-aged I woman. I don't have a problem with voice actors or anything. No, I'm, no. I'm they can to, do everything. It just didn't quite translate for me until later. Until I saw credits and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that it's teary time because <laughs> she's a New Zealander. She's she's yep. in the movie. Um, I don't have her name, but she's in the movie uh, The Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, okay. The Taika Waititi film. Oh yeah, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. I love like most of them are. And like at least four of the five Jerry's, or three of the four. Is there yeah. four or five Jerry's? I don't. I don't remember. I mean, there's like four or five of there's them. There's like only one or two that are. Um, don't sound Australian or New Zealand. I I don't know. I know the two that stick out to me. There's the one. There's the Brit who he's from the IT crowd. Um, 
Oh, is he British? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, British and Australian sounds so similar to me. Br- to an extent. The British is a bit rounder and a bit more drawn out. It's Okay, I, th- I like to think of the British as the southern drawl. Sorry, no, excuse me. Re- Australian as the southern drawl. I was going to say. Yeah, no, 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 no. It has the southern drawl as opposed to... It's lazier. Yeah, maybe. It's just a bit more laid back yeah, in, yeah. It vocally. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and Vol- it's vocally lazier. Yeah, maybe a bit more. Um, and but But if I'm not like... But it, but like in a movie like where it's animated, yeah. I don't yeah. I can't tell the difference. Yeah. Oh, totally. So, um, so. But they're so funny. Have you ever seen It Crowd? I haven't. It's a it's a British comedy. It's really really good. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to think of it's Richard uh, Ayoed. It doesn't really matter. But he's he's there, he's just listed as a soul sorter, but he's a Jerry. Uh, that's his apparently. Okay. So I don't know what that means. But I don't know. Just forget that um, part. Sorry. <laughs> I love at the end mm-hmm. when when Joe's like when they're you know like oh we're gonna let you go back and like try again and yeah and Joe's like what about Terry and like we we convinced Terry and it's just distracting him and changing the number <laughs> <laughs> what were you even talking I don't remember I don't even know if you're talking <laughs> it's so good and that was such a set those animations were so satisfying to watch yes it was that was the most interesting piece of animation i've seen them ever do and just yes other than like um inside out was interesting and the character design was still very pixar this was the least pixar-y looking characters i've ever seen yeah and now that pixar does the little spark shorts have you seen those they're like all different types of animation. Interesting. The new the the short kind of released along with Soul is Burrow. Yeah, and it's 2D. I, I haven't seen it yet. It's sweet. Is it? It's okay. Cute. But it's interesting just to see them doing different animation types and and letting their smaller artists go for it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think my um, some I have a couple little small things I thought were so cool and uh, go like, ahead. Um, pulled from different sources. One of them I did notice and I wondered, and then it was confirmed for me later and um. The one that I noticed was the hospital room. Okay. Is listed as P seven forty two. P Sherman forty two Wallaby Way Sydney. Yep. There yep. we go. And then another cool thing. So in Pixar movies, there's the A one thirteen references everywhere. There's a couple. There's one that I didn't realize, and I don't have it written down. Is it the piano one? It is the piano one. Where so the the piano he hit um, that Terry when she's coming into the room searching for Joe, she hits a note. It's A, but it's, it's an A one. It's A2, but it's out of... It's supposed to be at 110. It's supposed to be at 110. But it's out of tune, so it's 113. Yep, it's 113. So, which is a really... And again, that... I had no idea. I was... Because, I mean, how do you know that? It's off by, like, three cents. It's so interesting. Yeah. There's so... There's so many, especially, like, in the... um, What is it? The Hall of Interest or whatever? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, there's so many little... The Hall of Everything. Hall of Everything. There's so many little, like, Easter eggs. I can't even name them all. But oh yeah, there's so much. There's it's like so the, you can see like the pizza truck. You could see, um, yeah. which is in every movie, every yeah. Pixar. Um, so many. Yeah, I I loved those. I love those bits. I my favorite thing though is just in general when Twenty Two was talking about all the people, like all the different mentors she'd had throughout yes. history, and um, I just I love that whole back and forth thing. I think my favorite one is still like. Um, Abraham Lincoln. It's like, so you're really fine being on the penny? He's like, of course, it's an honor. It's like, put Jackson on the 20. Jackson <laughs> freaks out. <laughs> so good. Yes. The animation of those characters is so just lovable. 
when you look at them. And so detail-oriented. Marie Antoinette was only her head because ah! she got beheaded. Yes, she was. Um, Nobody. Uh, why, I wonder why she's a mentor other than for that joke. That's a, I, I think know. it's hilarious. But <laughs> because she was a figure in power, probably, probably. you know. It d- and now that she's dead, she has context for all of her actions in life, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but speaking of the mentors, in the end, when 22 is the lost soul, and, mm-hmm. and he's in there, and he's that that part got me. I didn't like it. I didn't like it because it, I felt it. You notice it's all in her, in her own voice? Yes. And she had taken things that he had said, and the impact was twisted. But the fact that all of them. Yeah. And it, but it, and it started with everyone else, and then it hit him. But just like it made me, it, it also makes you think of like she became a lost soul because of what other people told mm-hmm. her about herself. Yeah. And how much do we let other voices affect us? Yeah. How much do we unconsciously become lost souls in ourselves mm-hmm. because we start listening to other to what everyone yeah. else defines us as? Oh, totally. Yeah. And to wake her up he didn't give her more of his own words he directed her back to her experience her spark her sp- yeah. yeah to that mo- he directed her back to her voice and her experiences and her th- her living yeah not to hey here's more words for you to take in and maybe contextualize badly yeah and but just pointed back to that yeah which is really interesting and i just love that whole interaction like your sparks when you're when you're ready to come live basically yeah so i thought that was really cool Overall, yeah, the movie is fantastic. Yeah. I recommend everyone watching it. You don't know life is worth living until you live it. Yeah. (laughs) It's good. It's all good. We're all in the ocean, not just water. Yeah. (laughs) So thanks for coming on. Um, Yeah, I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you have any movie facts or questions you want to add, send us an email at moviesandmocus20 at gmail.com. Or if you have any movie suggestions you want to add to our list, let us know what you want us to talk about. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for the Movies and Mocus podcast. Have a great day, guys.